Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a, another session of our Skull Sessions podcast. Today we have Dave Levin on with us. He is our EMT and our training center coordinator. Um, so, Dave, welcome to Skull Sessions. Good morning. Thank you. And then I have with me also Ben Gabriel, who is our newest addition to the team this year, who is also an athletic trainer. So, welcome, Ben. Thanks. So today, Dave, you're going to be talking with us about EMTs and paramedics and kind of what a normal day looks like for you guys and give our viewers and listeners a little bit more information. So what does a typical day look like for EMTs and paramedics, at least in Western New York? <laughs> I don't know if we could ever define it as a typical day because <laughs> most of the time it's hurry up and wait waiting for that next call um, to come in. But traditionally, I mean, we're all very boring individuals. So usually the start of your shift, whether it's career volunteer, you have to go through your um, emergency vehicle, whether it's an ambulance or a fly car, to be able to say, okay, is everything that we need currently there? Does it work? Um, has it expired? So on and so forth to make sure that we're ready to go for the rest of the shift. And then at that point, it really becomes you sit there and cross your fingers that your pager never goes off, um, getting ready for your shift. Because with volunteer or career, your shift could be a four-hour shift, 12-hour shift, 24-hour shift. So depending on what environment uh, you are in, um, what you're going to be waiting for. So the biggest, the biggest thing that we always have is the, big, the biggest decision is in the morning, we're weeding. <laughs> that sounds nice. like a good way to start. Because though, those are the most important things. Where where are we eating, and roughly roughly what time do we feed? Because very rarely do we ever hit those times. Yeah. But I but I have to admit, uh, people are usually pretty good, at least in the area that, that I am in. If we decide to go to a restaurant, inevitably that's when you'll get your next EMS job. As soon as they set that plate down in as soon as they set that plate down in front of you that's when you're going to get up and leave. But you know what people are super about? The restaurants will say, a new one will be ready for you when you get back. Oh, that's so nice. that we don't have to worry about boxing it up, leaving it, whatever. So people are usually really good. Um, sometimes at the ambulance base, we'll cook ourselves. Biggest thing we have to remember is turn the stove off before you leave. <laughs> because yes. we've had some people that haven't. Oh, no. And that has uh, posed, posed an issue. So no, it's, <laughs> it's really a hurry up and wait um, when I started doing this 40 years ago, uh, one of my mentors um, looked at me and said, David, you're part of an unwanted commodity. Nobody really cares if you're out there or not until they need you. Right. So we're always trying to be prepared to see some of the best people in the world at their worst time. True. So. Yeah, the hurry up and wait thing kind of sounds like athletic trainers to a point. Like, um we do our, you know, our treatments and rehabs and things like that. But then when it comes to practice and games and things like that, it's just kind of wait for stuff to happen yep. and hope it doesn't happen. So pretty similar. So next question, uh, if you could only have three things with you at any point, what would they be? So I know like if I'm covering a practice or a game or something, I kind of load my pockets up. Three things I would like to have always are like my scissors or trauma shears, gauze and gloves, and then a couple rolls of tape, like power flex, general tape. I feel like with those three things, you can get a lot accomplished. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so how about you? What would you say you'd like to have on you at all times if you're on the clock? Um, first thing, hopefully I haven't lost my common sense (laughs) because without that, a lot of other things truly become irrelevant, um, in life. Um, and then I would have to say after that, definitely shears because sometimes, um, we, we need them and you can't ever remember where you put those. So I would have to say cheers. And then probably after that, hmm, flashlight. Okay. Flashlight. Especially, especially if, if I'm doing the overnight. Yeah. Um, some places that we go get very, very, very dark. I can imagine. Yeah. But, you know, and sometimes my flashlight is this long and sometimes we're using the, Flashlights that have like 8D batteries in them. So using the one with the 8D batteries and checking for pupil reflexes, man, that, that's a great one because <laughs> yeah, you'll almost blind them to that. Yeah. You can see their reflexes. Yeah, if they're not absolutely. reacting to that, they're not going to react to anything. <laughs> absolutely. But like I said, the biggest thing, hopefully, hopefully I, I haven't lost my common sense and my wits about me because mm-hmm. if you panic, that's usually when you take a very bad situation and make it worse. Yes. I think that goes for pretty much all medical professionals too, because we're the ones that are supposed to be calm and keep everything under control. So if we can't do that, everybody's in trouble. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I will openly admit to people, I am scared to death, but try not to show that. Yes. Try still to exude the confidence that you know what's going on even though inside you know your stomach's doing flops all over the place. Yes. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned figuring out where to eat. So this mm-hmm. is a question that we like to ask everyone as just kind of a fun question. But if okay. you were a kitchen appliance, what would you be and why? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Interesting <laughs> question. Um, I've been asked that like on every interview I've ever been on. I don't know why athletic trainers like asking this question so much. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I probably would want to be a KitchenAid mixer. Oh, fancy! Because Versatile. I like yeah. I like well I like to be able to take a bunch of things, put them together, and see how it comes out. Okay. I mean, I could never be a baker because I can't be that precise. <laughs> But when you take a yeah, but when you take a look at any situation, you can accomplish the objective many different ways. And I think that's part of, you know, like the mixer. I'm gonna put a bunch of things together. Let's see if whatever we're making comes out the way it's supposed to. How we got there, who cares? Yeah, yeah that works. That's what good. would you be? Oh gosh. Probably a coffee maker because I have to have my coffee. There you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, going back to like the, you know, the daily life, that kind of thing. um, What's one of the more common struggles or problems that EMS providers deal with on a regular basis? Stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I mean, especially when you take a look at what's happened over the last couple of weeks, the tragedy in Philadelphia, the tragedy in New York City. Um, Those are things that Nobody likes to be able to go through. And it just puts that added stressor, especially when you have children involved. And I 
I know a lot of EMS providers we've lost because they went to a traumatic situation with children and they happen to have children that same age. Yeah, that and they went home, hugged that child and said, I can't do this anymore. Um, having spent 72 hours in New York City in September of 2001, uh, you get to realize how short life can be and some of, and, and some of the struggles that um, people have to come up with. So I would really think stress is our biggest thing. And unfortunately, now with everything going on, there's just an added stressor. Yeah. Would you say that's also the most difficult part of your job, too, is dealing with the stress and then kind of figuring out how to take care of yourself as far as the mental health part goes? Oh, absolutely. Because I can tell you, when I started um, 1979 doing this stuff as a volunteer, it was pretty much a known fact that, okay, it's part of the job, suck it up and deal with it and go have a beer. Yeah. But we really have found that that was the worst thing you could ever do. Yeah, and not the best uh, coping <laughs> mechanism. <laughs> while, while people think it is, they really don't realize how detrimental it, it truly becomes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there was a friend of mine that started what we call um, peer counseling. Um, and John helped a lot of us get through the whole idea of time does not heal anything. Time allows you to deal with whatever you're doing and getting people to talk about right after an incident. Let's sit down and talk about what just happened to get people to, to put their feelings on the table. Because if you keep them in, that's physically and mentally the one of the worst things that, that you could ever do with anybody. Yes. That you need to talk to somebody, whether it's, you know, a coworker, a spouse. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've been very fortunate in my EMS career. Because for probably 80% of it, I've been able to do it with my wife. So we kind of peer counsel each other when we go home. Yeah, that has to help. Yeah. yeah, but there's been some big incidences that I've been involved in that either I kind of led a debriefing or I was part of the debriefing to be able to, whether it's one major event that you see or there's a thing called cumulative stress. This one didn't bother me. This one didn't bother me. But the third time you came across something, that's when all of a sudden everything hit. So you have to figure out how do we take care of each other. Right. And that's the one nice thing, whether it's the athletic training, EMS, fire, you all become a family to watch out for each other. So you really have to pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Um, so moving on to the next, next uh, point here. So um, athletic trainers are, you know, the first responders to a sports, you know, related injury. Um, mm -hmm. And then we were, would call you guys. Uh, so what are three things, the three most important things that you're looking for from that athletic trainer when you show up to the scene? Hmm. Be truthful. When I ask for vital signs, don't make them up. Don't tell me that they're within normal limits. If you didn't take vital signs, just say you didn't <laughs> yeah, take vital signs. Yeah, because pretty much right? we will tell you in EMS, if we write down WNL, so it's supposed to be for within normal limits, we usually say it was not looked at. Because what's a normal limit? Everybody's different. So if you didn't do it, tell us. That's then we won't ever judge you yes or no. You know, if we ask for vital signs, hopefully somebody's writing them down. So be truthful if... and. I guess the second thing would be make notes 
because you're not going to remember. Because unfortunately, depending on the environment, you could be there by yourself eight, ten minutes before I get there. So right. make sure if you can uh, have a scribe. Or people want, will look at me going, David, why do you have three-inch white tape on your thighs? That's my notepad. Because I I made the mistake people used to tell you, write them down on your gloves. I made the mistake one day of writing notes on my glove, threw them threw them away before I started writing up my reports. Yeah. So now I've gone to the three-inch tape. So truthful, a scriber note-taking if you can. And is there any kind, did anybody witness the event? Because sometimes, you know, with athletic trainers, if you're treating somebody on the field, somebody grabs you and says, hey, there's a player down, you go out, what happened? Because I'm not going to, if it's a practice or something, we're not going to have seen it. Or even if we're at the actual event, we still may not have seen it based on whatever else might be going on. So information on the event. I like the tape if you idea. Can. Yeah, tape on the legs. We always yeah. have tape. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, people will think, did you rip your pants? No. <laughs> that's that's my notepad. It's a new 2022 um, fashion trend. Yeah, that, that, that. well, no, actually, it's probably a fashion trend for me since about 1989. You're ahead of the game then. It's coming back yeah, around. No. Back <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and it's, and, and the other thing, I guess, too, is if we can pre-plan. Yes. You know, talk to, as EMS, um, and I'm sure you find it as athletic trainers, having some kind of rapport with each other. To have an idea, okay, I go into this thing and you tell me you've done all you've done pona i'm going to say you wrote a pony what's, <laughs> what what is pona and to give us an idea of of what's happened so that we don't have to duplicate efforts because yes. yeah. there's certain things that you can do that's not within our scope as i'm sure there's certain things i can do that's not within your scope yeah. right so let's talk about what those scopes of practices are and if there's anything that kind of interacts with each other let's know that ahead of time if I think the hand signals help with that too. I know there have been a couple times where the EMS crew that I work with, um, they know what hand signals to look for because we've had those meetings before the game or before right. the season, and it makes me feel more comfortable knowing that I just have to do one thing and they'll know what that means, and I can, yeah. then I can focus on the athlete. Absolutely, and and make those signals definitive. Yes, I had one person that if I do this, I need you. <laughs> Well, do you need me, or is you, or is your hair in your back? <laughs> right. So make them definitive with this, yeah. or just even Look this. Panic makes sense. and wave your arms. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so you know, be definitive with what those are and share those concepts. You know, so that we know because as EMS, if something happens on the field, we're not going to come out unless you tell us to. And yeah, we go running nice. out. Yeah, we're not going to go running out. And what do you need? What do you need? No. We'll sit there. If you make the signal for us to come out, perfect. And sometimes I know some people will make different signals, either bring a few things or bring everything. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we'll have everything loaded on our gurney and we'll bring the whole gurney out. Yep. Because um, somebody asked me, one of our EMS writers asked years ago, well, what if we don't need it? You set it on the ground. Somebody else will bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. I'd rather not need it yeah. than want it and have to send somebody back to the ambulance to, to go get it. Yeah, that was a discussion. When I worked at a college, it was, uh, 
we had our EMS meeting and they were like, oh, what signal do you want for us to bring this? What signal do you want for us to bring that? And I'm like, why don't we just have one where you just bring it all on the gurney? And then if we don't need it, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, to me, that, that makes the most sense. But I've worked both ways. You right. know, the one signal, well, I'm just worrying about, you know, sort of the spine issues. I got what? No, just, we're going to put everything on the gurney. If we don't need it, we'll put it off to the side. Exactly. A coach or somebody will end up bringing everything back off the field so, so the play can get started. Right. Again. Right. Well, we definitely appreciate having you guys on the sidelines because it's nice to not be by yourself completely yeah. in those situations. Yeah. So we do appreciate all the work that you guys do. And For sure. We appreciate working with you here so that we can help kind of bridge some of the gap that still can be happening between athletic training and EMS with communication and misunderstanding, things like that. So we appreciate all of your help with that. And I just think that Unfortunately, we've each discipline has been in their own silo for so many years. It's hard for EMS to trust athletic trainers and vice versa because mm -hmm. we've all had bad experiences. Yeah. So I think you know we have to try to figure out is break down the silos and make the same it feel. Goal, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Because your goal and my goal is, is the same thing. It's what's the best thing for that athlete. Yeah. You know, I, if you're going to do something, that's fine. I, I'm not going to hold you against it. We realize that we may idea. do something. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because again, what's our ultimate goal? What's the best thing for that athlete on the ground at that, at that particular? Right. The one disadvantage you have that I would say we don't, and we need to get better at this is follow up. Because chances are you're going to see that student athlete out, you know, for rehab or whatever happens. A lot of times once we transport them to the hospital or whatever, we don't know what's going on. Yes. So and we have to. I think things where if you have a good relationship with your EMS or your athletic trainer, whoever you are, then you can reach out to that person too and say, you know, how, how are they doing? So, yeah. yeah. Right. So that would be helpful. That would help yeah. with that. Going back to what you said, the mental health and the debriefing, that probably would help to know that that person made it out okay and they're fine. And mm -hmm. that would help with all that too. Yeah. Yes. Especially if, if God forbid, you know, it starts out to be something catastrophic. Yeah. You know, did it end up catastrophic or did it end up being, you know, more precautionary than anything else? Right. But we will always treat for the worst and hope for the best. Right. So sometimes we may over-treat people, but that will never hurt them as compared to let's under-treat them and maybe that ends up causing more of a problem. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, well... I think that's all the time we have for today and we yeah. won't take up any more of your time because you know you have a lot of things going on around here so thank you no problem for thank you the for time. the for the invitation yeah, anytime course. i'm sure we'll do another one with you eventually we've got yeah. a, a bunch of these coming up so um, for our viewers and our listeners stay tuned for our next skull session coming up soon <laughs>